0: This is a delivery space podcast, whether you're interested in software delivery, business change or transformation, we have some great content lined up for you. We launch into different areas of project delivery and bring you insights and experiences that you won't get from a book. Welcome, I'm Nisha and this is our episode on communicating your value as a scrum master. I've got a very special guest on. Um, Every guest is special, but this one is very close to my heart. Um, We've known each other on LinkedIn and then communicated and then just got on. And that's rare, so it's something for me to celebrate. Um, Welcome, Patty Alaskowitz. How are you? I'm great. It's great to be talking with you today. And I'm I'm
1: smiling and I'm laughing because I agree. I mean, we talked and we just hit it off. And I feel like I always think you're on the other side of the world from me, right? You're in England yeah. and I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and how fortunate we've been to connect on LinkedIn and meet each other yeah. because we've developed this great relationship. And you know. One day, I hope to see you in person.
0: <laughs> you got to turn up to London for that, Patty. Um, yeah, I feel the same. It's it's a great thing, right, to see someone posting about something within the agile space, and then it have have it resonate with you and say, "Oh yeah, I feel that too," or "I'm struggling with this too," and yeah, it's it's wonderful. Or uh, maybe I've got an alternative view, and that's that's great. Um, we learn from each other. Would you be able to tell our listeners a bit about yourself so they can get to know you before we dive straight in?
1: Sure. Well, as you mentioned, my name is Patty, And as I mentioned, I live on the east coast of the US in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I'm originally from Long Island, New York. And Maybe this may not mean anything to you, but for those in the States, people typically don't know that because I don't have the traditional New York accent. Um, So people never know where I'm from, but I've been down south here for more time than I lived in New York. So at this point, I am a southerner. I began my career as a science teacher. So I started off teaching eighth grade in Georgia outside of Atlanta. And then I moved to Charlotte, and I continued to teach there for another few years. Um, mm-hmm. I am passionate about science, and this has been a direct correlation with my career as a scrum master and an agile coach. Um, there is some focus on numbers and data, um, for good or for bad. But I've I've learned to see um, data as a source of truth and a place to mm-hmm. start a conversation. So um, I'm a huge fan. But I, you know, after I exited my teaching career, I went into business for myself. So I've learned a lot about starting and owning and operating a small business. I have a lot of empathy for leaders and those in executive positions because I've done some of those things um, and and dealt with some of the things that that they deal with on a daily basis. Um, So I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always owned some type of business or another, because I am passionate about it. But I did find Scrum Mastering through my business that I owned previously, um, because we needed software. Mm -hmm. There was nothing that existed at the time. And I was tasked with the project because I was in charge. (laughs) Um, So I hired software developers. And this is where I learned about Scrum and Agile and software development. Um, It was a new space for me. I was frustrated because I didn't understand what took them so long, Um, but it gave me an appreciation for when we turn on a computer and it just quote unquote works. There's a lot that Mm -hmm. goes into all of the products that that we use. And, you know, I eventually used that to launch my Scrum Master and Agile coaching career. And now I see the behind the scenes of that Mm -hmm. software development And it is pretty incredible how much expertise goes into the things that we use every day and continue to use. So I'm excited to be here and and talk to you a little bit more about my background and how that unique perspective has shaped where I've ended up.
0: I'm excited to hear about it. So I guess when you were working with the software developers and the software team in a business that you were leading, um your own business what kind of software was it and what was their approach to bringing you on board to make you familiar with scrum because i've got a story to tell in this area too so i'm curious tell me well you know it was
1: it it was interesting because there the people that i hired were, were local software developers in charlotte um and they did the physical coding but i did everything else about that software project, I mean, I did the sketches, I did the wireframes, I did the user testing. Um, I, you know, we had our daily—we didn't call them daily scrums—but we had we had our daily meetings, and we had our reviews, and we had our releases. Um, and it it turned out to be um, a year long project that was it was it was for a um, a medical facility. So right. we needed something to get us out of the paper calendars to schedule patients. So we needed a scheduling um, aspect. We were collecting a lot of business data, we meeting me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was collecting a lot of like customer journey data um, and, and business related data metrics, so to speak, in a spreadsheet. And our, our practice got so big that I just couldn't do it in the spreadsheet anymore. I'm like, okay. we need uh, software to help us track this and show graphs, so I could see where the bottlenecks were because that was one of the the things we were concerned about. Um, the we were looking to grow a large volume practice, and we were hitting walls, we were hitting mm-hmm. ceilings, mm-hmm. and it was my job, because <laughs> I was in charge of everything, um, to understand where these bottlenecks were were occurring. And we needed to collect a lot of data to see that. Mm -hmm. And then it was my task to figure out, okay, how do we relieve these bottlenecks? So there was that piece of it. Um, But there was also workflow. There was project management. There was uh, patient records, because this is when um... You may have heard of Obamacare, but it became required yes. for for, yes. for electronic medical records. So there was nothing that existed that did all that we wanted. So we decided to hire people to help us build it. Right. And it was eye opening to me because I they weren't they meaning the developers weren't communicating very well to me. So I was getting frustrated. I didn't understand how it worked. They kind of assumed I did.
0: So we all right? figured it out together. Ah. Cool. Well, proper <laughs> collaboration. Was there a scrum master amongst the development team, or you became the scrum master? I was everything. I was everything except the developers. And they. So, how were you introduced to Scrum itself? In that, were you? Uh, did did the software developers introduce you to the idea of Scrum? They they
1: did. Um, okay. And again, it wasn't like, I mean, it was almost like a little mini agile transformation in a way, right? Because I had no idea that it really existed in that form. Um, They didn't really use the terminology, but they said, you know, we're going to meet every day. We're going to have a quick check-in. We're going to keep you posted on how things are going. Um, Every release, you know, you're going to take a look. You're going to do user testing and you're going to give us the feedback. So it wasn't like they presented me the Scrum framework and said, this is what we're doing. They kind of said, these are the the pieces that we're going to use in order to develop this over the course Mm -hmm. of the year.
0: Does that make sense? It it fully does. And (laughs) do you know what? That's a really nice way to be introduced to Scrum because what they did was they just spoke to you about some base level ways of working. That would help you interact with them, would help you understand progress, would help you have a dialogue with them, would help you understand where they're experiencing blockers, where they need your input, rather than bombarding you with the details of a framework to start off with. And especially if you're not familiar, if you're coming at it from a business perspective, which it sounded like you were, that's a great way to get introduced to scrum. So, So, thank you for explaining that. Um, So, I understand why business leaders
1: get frustrated with developers um, because I I was there. I mean, like I said, I was playing multiple roles in this thing. I mean, I was was doing the testing, but I was also the customer. Um, In addition to some of the other people that were using the software in the office, but like I was the customer. I was the scrum master. I was the, you know, everything, right? And it Mm. gave me such an interesting perspective because I don't come from a technical background. So this was like throwing me into the fire, so to speak.
0: <laughs> yeah, and do you know what, nor do I, um, and I'll share with you very briefly, my first experiences of Scrum were through invitation. So I was a project manager in my first exposure to how projects run, very waterfall style. I've been trained in that way. I worked for a legal services company. They had great processes and they also had great product teams. But there I was running a waterfall style project, being the go-to person for absolutely everything, getting it over the line. We did great at it, but I was burned out as a result because like you, I was responsible for quite a lot and took quite a lot of work on myself. Then I saw in another department A scrum master working in a great way with the team, the collaboration, the orchestration that he had, the relationship that he was um, fostering with their stakeholders, between the stakeholders and trying to get rid of boundaries between the team and the stakeholders. And I'm looking at him going, how are you doing all of this? Because here I am, knackered from the project and large-scale project that I was running. at. That was a program, actually, large-scale program that I was running at that time, fully wiped out, yet you're managing to handle complex staff at ease, very clear-thinking person. And so I was invited to handle a bit of the stakeholder management whilst I was able to watch him in operation and I still remember and apply his techniques to this day very clear thinking person very personable put the human side first and actually I'm grateful for the training he gave because now I apply it to teams to the way I interact with stakeholders such a really good grounding but one thing that you said stood out to me just now Patty is as a scrum master or being introduced to scrum or, and you'll have experienced this in your lifetime as being a scrum master and agile coach. Those those company situations that you get landed into aren't always perfect, right? So you Like you your example here, you get landed into a space where you've got to figure things out and take mm-hmm. on these roles. And that's a big testament to your character, right? Because you're like, hold on, wait, I thought I was user experience person gathering data and trying to justify what this customer journey needs to look like for this medical application and to take on whatever Obamacare needed to provide. So like, that's a really good stretch for you. I bet it was. And I bet it was very character forming in the way that you scrum master now. Yeah. Even though it was many years
1: ago at this point, I still remember it so fondly because it was such a learning opportunity for me. Um, I did get experience doing all of the things. And I think the interesting piece of it is I was building this software for a business that I co-owned and my finances were at stake. (laughs) So they were big stakes for me. So it was imperative that we figured these bottlenecks out and we got our procedures down. And it was so imperative that we created the software. It's like, I didn't have a choice, Mm -hmm. but I loved it because A, I learned so much, but I look back on that. And when people ask me, how did you get into Scrum Mastering? I'm trying to make this huge career transition. I'm kind of like, you have to see the opportunities in front of you because they are dropped in your lap and you have to embrace them. and run with them. And it's been the same thing, you know, in successive roles since that point, you know, showing up as a scrum master to a big corporation. um, All of a sudden, they're like, well, our agile coaches have left, we're not hiring anymore. So guess what, Patty, (laughs) you get to be the agile coach, and the scrum master. So it was a way for me to kind of raise my hand, so to speak, and get all this experience where I would have never known how I would have gotten it because Mm. to a lot of people's points, nobody will hire you without experience. It's kind of like you have to raise your hand in your current role and take on something and get that thing on your resume because then the next leap you take will be maybe what you're looking to do.
0: That's so true. And it's very, very hard unless you, either volunteer in an organization, apply Scrum there, uh, shadow other people, lobby your line managers and the right people within your organizations to even start off a small project with a you know, with a small team, um, as exactly as you said, to serve a particular purpose, but to get that on your resume, almost like, you know, I earn my stripes, as a scrum master with my very first project and now I can talk about it but there's loads of ways that we can do that and you and I we both even apply it in our daily lives right Right. Uh, to sort through stuff so let's get straight into it like where do you feel the challenge is with scrum masters communicating their value because I know from your experience you've got some learnings in this area yeah
1: well, the thing that I always, you know, I'm being a former teacher, I always think back to school and I think hmm. about, well, number one, the, the intent and purpose of education really needs to change. We've been in the past 100, 150 years, whatever it's been, depending on your country that you're listening from, um, we've focused so much on memorizing facts and taking tests. And as you can see very clearly, you can find anything on the internet, you can look it up, Chat GBT is coming down the line, right? So I think that we really, we meaning as a collective society, really need to look at the intent and purpose of education now and have the courage to change it and say that companies now, especially ones that are software companies, which a lot are now, um, need a different skill set. And we are not providing that as an educational institution. Um, but then, you know, I think that, you know, how can we make that happen? I just keep speaking about it. So I've kind of made it my mission to talk about it um, anywhere I can. So you'll, you'll hear me, right, <laughs> um, talking about the educational system, and hopefully people are out there listening. Um, but I think the, the challenge is, because we've grown up in this environment, this is how we are conditioned to operate somebody tells us what to do and we do it. And hopefully we do a great job. We get a gold star, we get a bonus, like whatever that might be. And I think that the, the challenges, especially as you get to larger and larger companies. And like I say, I, I get this because I own a small business. The focus of people in upper levels of the, the company are, we've got to make money. We've got to stay in business. We've got to take a look at the PL. and we, We've This is what our priorities are. These are our whys. But we forget about, we need to have people that can communicate and work together in order to produce these new products. Mm. Because this is not assembly line anymore. This is not manufacturing anymore. This is, people need to put their heads together and come up with a creative solution to some crazy problem out there. And I think the challenge when it when it comes to communicating your value as a scrum master, because you can't say, well, I got a degree in economics or I got a degree in law or I got a degree in X. Um, I'm qualified. It's it's almost like intangible. And I think a lot of people will say like, oh well of course I can coach. It, well, well really, Ken, do you do you know you can, right? Because coaching is super difficult. Oh yeah. <laughs> But it's all of those stances as a a scrum master where it's like these are skills you develop, not something you can be really tested on, per se, in a class. So how do we validate that we have these skills to begin with? And it's Mm -hmm. kind of like you have to demonstrate them somehow. And you have to be your own advocate. And this Mm -hmm. is what I had to learn how to do it was a very difficult transition for me to go from working in a startup here in Charlotte, um, being a scrum master, being an agile coach. Like I had a lot of experience there, but big companies did not see that as qualified or whatever the term is. And I had to learn how to sell and market myself and be Mm -hmm. confident in my skills. And that's, that takes a lot of like getting over Scrum posture syndrome and things like that, and that is a journey in and of itself.
0: Oh, tell me about it, like <laughs> Patty. I've had those experiences in front of teams. Like I was speaking to um, to some of our guests recently about this, where. You know, you you are a new scrum master. You encounter situations that you've not encountered before. You're trying to resolve conflict, let's say, within the team. And you have to get creative. You've got to find it within yourself. But there your practice starts. That's how it starts. Because you are open to maybe not doing so well, to maybe stumbling to start off with. Doesn't matter, but you're willing to give it a go. You're willing to call in other scrum masters. You're willing, like you and I have done, expand your network. Say, how does Paddy do this? How does Nisha handle a situation like this? You're able to call on people to say, help me out here. Because, and again, I was, um, it came up in another recent episode, how lockdown taught us to to think beyond just your office environment, right? You're not, we're not in our office environments that frequently anymore. It's not like you can call on scrum masters on the same fellow scrum masters or agile coaches on the same floor as you and say, Hey, come over here. I need you to talk, talk through, you know, a scenario I'm facing. And I think you're, you're bang on. We need to be able to put into words how we've overcome those challenges, how we've spoken and elicited and got buy-in from our stakeholders have we how we've turned team performances around those are really important things do you know what the most important thing is our own self-discipline because these are things that are hard to hone our craft on these dealing with other humans like you spoke about artificial intelligence yeah okay that will handle all the hard skills but where's the creativity um, going to come from? We still, and that in, interpersonal aspect, that chat, GT, chat GPT cannot cover. That um, is something very um, intrinsic to us as humans, right? To be able to connect with each other, to say, ah, I know how Patty works. I know how we can get the best out of her. These are her strengths. And this is what we need to work with. That you know, you're not going to have an artificial intelligence be able to figure that out in a team environment, and that's where I think a lot of these 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 confirmations of our values are um, our, our, and our skills are going to come from. That's how we communicate our challenges as, and as as well as our value. I think I believe um, I think it's also becoming so much more important now. Given the number of layoffs are for agile coaches, scrum masters, and I've, you know, give it a few months. I believe the pendulum is gonna swing the other way. Once the market starts recovering, businesses start recovering, and they start realizing they're gonna need some human level of orchestration here. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, that that has been in the news a lot. And I it's very easy to doom scroll. And and read about it all. Um, I think that the tech industries overhired, um, and there's a lot of information that's coming out about that and why they did that, and that's unfortunate. So I I don't read up on everything, but you know I wonder if that's actually related to all these other layoffs that we're seeing. And I don't know. I mean I don't study the markets and economics, but I think that. What you said about ChatGPT, I was just reading an article on LinkedIn earlier mm-hmm. today, talking about like the the doom and gloom about this is going to cause agile coaches and scrum masters to be redundant. I don't know if you saw that. Um, yeah,
0: <laughs> I I, don't I like... do not believe that at <laughs> all. Come on,
1: no, you know I didn't I didn't read it because I'm like, you can't replace a human facilitating people working together people don't know how to work together. They, they just don't (laughs) like let's, and I'm going to say that very confidently because I was a teacher in eighth grade. We're not Mm -hmm. teaching kids how to truly work together and solve a problem. Um, But I think if chat GBT was the answer to coaching, (laughs) then we would be able to read books and say, the book's the answer, or we'll be able to watch LinkedIn videos and say that's the answer. And clearly that's not it. Because we read things, whether they're from an AI or from a video or a book, and we don't follow through on it. We're inspired. And then we say, oh, great, I'm going to do this. And then we don't. Because you need a coach to help you overcome your hardwired behaviors hands down. And I think that to say that organizations will be able to change, whether it looks like agile or scrum or whatever, and you won't have people to help that along. I think that's crazy. You can't put up a a computer printout and say, okay, team, go to it, become scrum or become agile or whatever they say. Right.
0: I find it laughable, Patty, because you yeah, know that's exactly it. Like I've got a whole bunch of books here that I use to dip into, but it's not I-, I use the books to validate what I'm feeling about a particular situation, to understand different techniques, but it's down to my application. It's always down to my application. And again, it comes up over and over again that true business agility is more about people than a particular framework than the intricacies of a framework. How are you going to get an artificial intelligence to get your team fired up about purpose? Come on. No, it doesn't. Like, and that's the thing,
1: right? And what I always say to Scrum Masters is that you need to push yourself out of your comfort zone to put those learnings into practice. That Mm -hmm. is something that never, ever goes away. I have grown so much in the past 10 plus years. Um, It started when I pra- started practicing yoga, realizing that I was my own limiting belief. Mm-hmm. The stories that were in my head were stopping me from doing things. Hmm. And it started out with the yoga mat and the poses on the yoga mat. But then I realized this was going on in my outer life as well. Right. So, I've had to consistently push myself every day out of my comfort zone to do things that I'm scared to do. And the fear doesn't go away because if you're of a growth mindset, you will always be doing more and more challenging things, which means you will always be scared. And this Mm -hmm. is why you need either a coach or surround yourself with coaches. Even if you don't want to hire one, work with some, right? Um, And in your job. And you help each other to continuously grow. Hmm. Because again, a computer's not gonna do
0: this for you. No. And do you know what, Patty? I found this during lockdown. I reached out
1: to fellow mm-hmm. scrum
0: masters, to agile coaches, to people to help me get ready for interviews, to help me put into words, words I couldn't find around what my strengths were. Because sometimes, let's face it, it's hard to dig those out to actually acknowledge, hey, I'm really good in this area with around stakeholder management. I've got great intuition about where a team needs to start capturing data to prove where they need to improve where they need to make enhancements. I've got, you know, um, a great ability to be able to get a team enthusiastic about what they're producing. It's sometimes you do not have those words for it. Sometimes you've got your head stuck in detail. But if you're in a situation where you do have to be able to describe your value and it's not just in a job seeking scenario, right? Right. Like you've been in those scenarios where you're working in a corporate and you need to be able to communicate to stakeholders what the value is that your team is bringing because you want to represent. You want mm-hmm. to throw light on the great stuff and the great products that they're producing. So that requires that bravery and courage and that articulation of, of what you're bringing, too. Great. Right. And I think it, you know, it comes down to folks not
1: wanting to brag. Yeah. And I think especially women are always taught, you know, you're, we get mixed messages, right? You're too much. You're not enough. We're always like getting the opposite. So then it's like, we don't know what to do, but we feel guilty about quote unquote, bragging about ourselves. And we have to take a step back and realize if we're not our own advocate, nobody's going to advocate for us. Yeah. And I think that that it's a mindset shift. And that's why surrounding yourself with with strong women, even ones that are further along on their journey, they can encourage you to advocate for yourself. And it's not bragging. If you Mm. don't tell people about your skills, they won't know. (laughs) And like, how how is anybody going to feel confident in hiring you if you cannot tell stories about how you've overcome things, whether Mm. it's personal, that shows that you're reflective And like I said, push yourself out of your comfort zone and learn, or you've helped a team of people overcome a challenge because that's what they need you for. Mm. They're not hiring you for, to to sit around. I mean, they're hiring you to help this team get along and deliver value to the customer because the customer is expecting it. Right. So I think that for me, linkedin specifically has helped me learn to advocate for myself Mm. because it's very difficult to be a content creator the first the first few months it's it's discouraging because nobody reacts to what you're putting out there at all and you think am i even having an effect but then you have to start getting creative and digging deep and Instead of, I mean, when I first started, I was just saying, this is a user story, and this is what their value is, and this is how you write one. I was very educational, so to speak. But then I realized I've got to tell stories, and that Mm -hmm. made me feel vulnerable. And it still makes me feel vulnerable. But it works because humans value stories.
0: Yeah now yeah, we love a good story we love a good story of a good struggle and overcoming it um mainly because that shows your character right in how you tell it in how you express it in how passionate you are about a particular thing and you would you want a leader that's the good stuff right you want a leader you want a, a scrum master or an agile coach who believes in a team is passionate about what they're producing and can you know bring that enthusiasm to the table as well I've with the content thing yeah you have to delve deep into your experience to create content that resonates with fellow scrum masters, agile coaches, um, because I, I read content out there on LinkedIn. There's certain creators that I keep an eye out for because I learn from their content because their questions come from practitioners like us. And I fully encourage that. Patty, in order to give some takeaways to our audience, what would you summarize as key points for them to bear in mind before we wrap up on how they need to start communicating their value as Scrum Masters and even Agile coaches and feel good about doing it?
1: Yeah, there are so many things you can do. And I think it it depends, right, on what your personality is. If you're an introvert, if you're an extrovert, there might be different techniques you can use based on that. I would say one of the things is to start building relationships with other people, Mm. having the courage to reach out to people on LinkedIn, send them messages and say, Hey, I would love to learn from your journey. Would you mind, you know, jumping on a quick zoom call and chatting with me for a little bit? I have, I have a few questions and, you know, understanding that you might reach out to 10 Five may respond and you might get one call, right? Mm -hmm. I've been doing this forever. Those are the numbers. It's not personal. It's just, it is what it is. So realizing that people, for whatever reason, fall off the the wagon, but you'll eventually get to somebody who will speak with you. And if you do that enough and you start to quote unquote collect data, you can start to listen to people's stories and realize that we're all humans, we all go through the same stuff. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And using those conversations as a reflection point for you to dig deep and realize what your stories are, because we all have them. And I thought I didn't have any stories either. Many years ago, I was like, I'm not one of those people. I don't have stories to tell. I'm not that extroverted person that will entertain people. And I, I realized that was a lie I was telling myself. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as I mentioned, really getting solid on what your stories are, what's important to you, what's been your experience, and then having the courage, maybe one-on-one to tell people about it, and then start slowly telling it out in a public forum.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That could be posting content on LinkedIn, that could be speaking at a meetup, that, I mean, it could be a whole host of things, but it mm-hmm. starts to get your story out there. And then people start to see you, you become visible. Yeah. And then as you become more and more comfortable, pushing yourself out of more and more comfort zones, people will start to take notice of you. They will start to reach out to you on LinkedIn, random strangers and say, Hey, I saw this. I resonated with it. Could you chat with me? Right. And then mm-hmm. the tables are turned. Right. And this is exactly what happened to me. And I was like, this would never be me. Like zero chance. <laughs> but then recruiters start to notice you. Yeah. And then you start to build relationships where people say, I have a job opening at my company. Let me forward your resume to the hiring manager. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a long game. So you start now. Um, even if you're not looking for a job, right? But you start to build a reputation for yourself. So when you get to the point where you need to find a job, it's so much easier because you've built that network of trust already. Right. But again, it starts with you and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and realizing we are all humans, we are all in this together, we all struggle. You're not alone, you're not the only one.
0: Getting over our limiting beliefs. (laughs) making sure that we push ourselves out of our comfort zone engaging in other people's posts not feeling that you have to be word perfect whilst you build your personal brand you can afford to make a few mistakes but get going is what i take from that as well as your learnings from the yoga mat my friend thank Mm -hmm. you so much for joining me today it's been precious having you on and i cannot wait to get this episode out me too thank you everyone for watching and listening we hope that you loved this episode as much as i did patty if people want to work with you chat with you on linkedin find out more about your journey how do they get a hold of you yeah just send me a dm
1: I'm, I'm on LinkedIn all the time, <laughs> it's like my second job, yeah. no, I mean, it feels that way, but it, it's not, um, it, it is a joy, and it it is an, is an honor for people to reach out to me, um, mm-hmm. because I've been there, and I know it's scary, but reach out to me, send me a DM and come to you know i i host a a meetup for for agilists called agile conversations you were on it Um, i know i I bring in somebody i kind of interview them like this in front of a live audience and then people can ask questions and that community is growing and people are finding so much value in listening Mm -hmm. to conversations like these um because they are inspirational and it does help you build relationships
0: I know. And I I loved my time on your Agile Conversations events because I got a lot of queries from people, a lot of new connections, a lot of opportunities for new learning. So yeah, we're all on a journey of self-improvement. So thank you again, Patty. Thank you, everybody. Please make sure that you follow us on our socials so you don't miss out on great episodes like this. Bye for now. Bye.